Well, I want to give you a little primer on Easter today. For those of you uh, who like details, this, you'll, you'll probably appreciate this. Um, first of all, Easter, you'll never find Easter in the Bible. It's, not, it's a word that's not in there. It wasn't part of the Bible. Really, um, you know, there was nothing ever mentioned about any part of Easter. Uh, Easter didn't start until about 120 years after Jesus was on earth. And it was something that, that mankind came up with. And, and basically, it was uh, the early Jewish Christians who decided to put together something that would commemorate Christ in uh, attaching it to Passover. And for those of you who know what's going on, Passover started yesterday. And, and Easter, you know, moves all over the calendar, doesn't it? Sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's early April, sometimes it's the middle of April. Well, that has to do with Passover. And wherever Passover is, Easter is attached to it. And this is something that happened back in about 150 A.D., and uh, uh, some other things about Easter. Easter is not a day. Uh, basically, when it was created, it was created to be a week-long celebration. We call it Holy Week. There are three days inside of Holy Week that seem to get more prominence than all of the others. One is called Maundy Thursday, which is really a celebration of the Last Supper. And then there's Good Friday. And then there is Resurrection Sunday, which we're celebrating today. I learned something about Easter this week that I did not know, and that was that in the early church back in the, the second century, and, and actually for many centuries beyond that, um, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, was the day that people were baptized. They, they, that's when the, the, they just held them all together. You know, back when Jesus was around... They were just baptizing them all over the time, right and left. And then, you know, the men jumped in and fixed everything, right? And so they, uh, they just started baptizing them on Easter Sunday, which I thought was kind of cool because we do that. We've been doing that for 18 years. And so I felt very spiritual uh, for, for just a moment. And I realized that we did not know that and we just did it, you know, by accident. But um, I, I want to I kind of zone in a little bit today about two specific days, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Good Friday, uh, we celebrated that here. It, it is, um, it, it's the day that Jesus walked into the courtroom of our lives knowing that we were guilty and decided to pay the debt for us, to pay the price for us. So Good Friday really is about that debt payment. It's about the cross. It's about the crucifixion. He, he opened up his arms as wide as he could to tell us how much he loved us and was nailed to a cross. And, and he gave his life for us. And, and so Good Friday uh, took care of a whole lot. It took care of all of our sin. As long as we believe in, in this and, and, and believe in Christ, it takes care of our sin. Uh, forgiveness. It gives us eternal life. With Jesus, and if you if you think about that, you think about what it does. You might say, "Well, why do we even need Sunday then?" I mean, we have we we've got everything that we need, and and I would choose to differ with that thought a little bit um, because Sunday is really important, and I want to talk about that. Why 
Why did we have to go through the whole three days? Why the resurrection? Why is that a big deal? And basically, it's a big deal for two reasons. One, uh, it's to prove that Jesus is who He said He was. That He really is who He claimed to be. The Son of God. And uh, it's it's really uh, amazing to think that Christianity is really the only religion that talks about killing its own Savior. You know, our own, our own salvation. Mankind killed Jesus. And it's also the only religion that talks about the Savior defeating death and coming back and being alive today. And what, what's really amazing is when you think about just the, the viability of this and the historicity of it, there were over 500 people who, who watched as Jesus was crucified and then saw Him after He was resurrected from the dead. And when you look at this, and of the 500, many of those were not Christ's followers. These were historians, like you know, people like Josephus and others that, that wrote about this that, that were, were still like just decades away from what's happening and they recorded these things. We have more history of Jesus' resurrection than we do for Alexander the Great, and, and he's in all of our textbooks in, in schools today. And, uh, and I talked about that last Easter, and if you're one of those people that you only come to church on Easter, uh, you'll remember that from last year, and now I want to pick up from that this year. You didn't miss a thing all year long, right? Um, the other reason that it's important to know that He raised from the dead is to understand that He conquered death for Himself and for you, and for me. In Revelation 1.18, Jesus said, I am the living one. I died. But look, I'm alive forever and ever. Then he says something really interesting. Kind of funny, actually. And he goes, I hold the keys of death and the grave. What does that mean? Well, up until Jesus came back from, from the dead, Satan held the keys of death. He decided who died. He decided... What, when life was over. And, and Jesus says, hey, I took His house keys. I've, I've got them now. And I've got, I want to give you something. And, and I want to talk about that today. It, it's, these keys unlock something. They unlock death in our lives. And so, these are the two components I want to dwell on. I want to talk about the cross and, and uh, the fact that we have forgiveness of sin. But I want to talk about Sunday, I want to talk about the resurrection because a lot of people have experienced Friday. They've invited Christ into their life and said, yes, save me from my sin. But they haven't experienced life after that. Paul, the Apostle Paul, said this in Philippians chapter 3. this, This says everything that I said in a much shorter way. He goes, I want to know Christ. In other words, I want, to, I want to have this relationship, like the cross part. And I want to know the power that raised Him from the dead. So today, I have two questions for you. Number one, do you know Christ? Do you, have you accepted the gift of the cross? And number two, do you know the power of His resurrection in your life? I have never seen this. I, I, I would love to one day, but we've got a picture of um, uh, St. Andrew's Cathedral. If you guys could put that on the screen for me, thank you. Um, let me tell you about this cathedral. It's in Scotland, 
And uh, it was, uh, they started to build this in 1158. It took 120 years, at least that was the schedule, to build this cathedral. So I want you to think about that. The people who planned this, the architects, uh, the engineers of the day, all of those people, the the people that dug the, the footings and laid the foundation stones, they knew that they would never see this thing come to completion. So it went on for 120 years. All, it was almost time for the, for the place to be dedicated to God, and a fire swept through it and destroyed all of the wood and, and workings inside of the deal. So that added another uh, 20 years to the project. So it, from beginning to end, it was a 140-year building project until they got to the dedication. And um, then a storm came and blew down one of the walls. The the footers gave way and and a wall fell down. So then they have to start over. Sixty years later, they get to go back in. Then the Scottish Reformation took place and people were angry with the church. They went in and pillaged the thing and and it's looked like this uh, for many hundreds of years. In fact, uh, Scotland now has uh, turned this into uh, kind of a, you know, one of their monuments. You can't touch it. You can't fix it. You can't do anything. Uh, it's just ruins is what it is. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about that is I think it might be a good picture of what happens with us sometimes. Uh, some of you today would look at that and say, Greg, this is my life. It's been one disaster after another, one mess after another. Uh, you know, I try to do things right and it just hasn't worked out. And, and, and you might be some of those people here today that would say, my life is ruined. And, I, and I've been around long enough and I know people well enough to know that I'm not just talking to one or two people here today, that that there are more than one or two people who would say, oh, that's me. I went to the dictionary to try to get a definition of ruin. And just listen to this. It's to reduce, I mean, if, if you're not depressed yet, let me just keep reading. To, to reduce to a state of decay, collapse, or disintegration. To fall headlong or with a crash. You might be that person that would say, well, you know, I can probably be forgiven. That's Friday, right? And, and, and God can forgive me. But my life has been ruined. It's a disaster. It's like that cathedral. It, just, it will never be rebuilt again. And it could be a, a career that was ruined. It could be a relationship that was ruined. It could be a marriage that was ruined. Uh, it could, name it. And, and you just look at your life and it's just ruinous. Disintegrated. In a lot of ways, I will tell you this, just kind of letting you in on, on a, a little personal story here. In a lot of ways, this is why destiny is here today. I was one of those people. And at 26 years of age, uh, I mean, 
I was just getting started, and my life was a disaster. It was ruined on so many levels. Everything that I ever wanted, everything that I hoped I would become, everything that I had dreamed about, prayed about, felt like God wanted me to do, went away. It just disintegrated. It was a disaster. And I remember thinking, how can I live for how many ever years in a state of ruin like this? Everything I wanted was gone. I don't know if you've ever had those feelings, but man, is that a dark hole. That is, that is a mess. And, 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 and it took me, literally, literally it took me a decade to figure out that that is not the plan. That was never God's plan. I, I, you know, I would look at everything, I'd look at the situations, I'd be like, oh, this is never going to get fixed. And God was looking at something in a totally different way. It's that resurrection power of Easter that brings dead things to life. And that's the second component. It's not just about getting saved. It's not about accepting Jesus and letting it sit there. I, I thought that was wonderful when Doug was talking about that. You know, it's not just that. There's life that God has for us after this. No matter what you've done, what you've experienced, and where you've been. And when I understood this, I knew at some point that I would be part of a church that would do nothing but explain this over and over and over again because people need hope that comes with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So today, I'm going to bring in a ringer. I've got somebody that I want to introduce you to that's going to help me, uh, through her story, explain to you exactly what I'm talking about. So would you give a really warm welcome to Laura Brown. Have a seat over there. The hot seat. Yeah. Okay, so you guys were cheering for Laura. You were being very nice, but you don't know hardly anything about her or anything at all. So um, they may not want to cheer after they, they hear all this. Maybe they, not. You know, yeah. Okay, so I'm taking some notes because I've got some questions I want to ask you. You're, you're kind of a rarity. Um, you actually come from a Loudoun County family. You've lived here like your whole life. Like three-fourths of the people in this county came from somewhere else, and you're, you, you're a county girl. Born and raised in Leesburg. Yeah. Graduated from? Loudoun County. Woo! Go County, yeah. <laughs> when there was there only two schools. high schools. <laughs> yeah, there, there are other schools, but we don't talk about them. No. <clears throat> um, okay, so you got, a, you got a degree in something that is so, I mean, every guy in, in this place would love to do what you got your education in. So tell us about that. Uh, I have a journeyman's card in ship fitting. Uh, most people don't even know what that is. She builds ships. It's There's like a, a lot, big demand for that in Leesburg, too, by the way. Uh, ship fitting is like a, a carpenter, but with metal instead of wood. I built nuclear aircraft carriers and submarines for the Navy for about 10 or 12 years. Yeah, yeah that wasn't on Catoctin Circle. I know that. That was no. somewhere else. Um, you, gosh, you, you left school. You finished school here. You went straight to, edu to your, get your education. To, you have three degrees? At, uh, yeah. And I a mean, master's? And a ma well, you got more than that? What, no, I mean, technically it's all kind of one degree. It's just different levels. Okay, you but know? you ended up with a master's degree. 
And in shipbuilding? In business, in business. MBA. MBA. Got an, an MBA, MBA from William okay. & Mary. In other words, she's extremely smart and uh, highly educated. Um, you had a lot of success early on, didn't you? I did. I did on, uh, on paper. Yeah, I worked uh, really hard ever since I was a teenager. I'd worked two or three jobs. Um, even when I was working at the shipyard and going to school, I worked a second job to put all that money away for a down payment for a house. Bought a house when I was 20. And, uh, wow. So. Yeah, I heard 40-year-olds say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> so, um, you told me the other day that even though all these things were going on, something was missing. Yeah, part of the reason that I... Uh, tried so hard to accomplish all these things is I wasn't, you know, satisfied inside. And I kept thinking that the next accomplishment, um, you know, whether it was a job or a degree or you know, buying a house, checking all these boxes, you know, that people say are part of a successful life, um, you know, would make me feel happy. But I always felt like I was waiting for real life to start. I, I never, I, I, it was just a strange feeling. I just never thought, like, this is really it. Um, so I, you know, I'd accomplish one thing and still feel that way, so I would set another goal. And so just have all these yeah. pieces of paper <laughs> well, lying that. around. So many things happened, I had to write them all down here. I'm, I'm glad you did, because I left my notes at home. So. Okay, yeah, we'll get through this. Um, 2008, you were diagnosed with Lyme disease. Correct. The Loudoun County Scourge. Um, <laughs> right after that, uh, you tore your ACL and MCL. There's about four years in between oh, that. Oh, it wasn't right after that. No. Because you spent four years like doing kickboxing and kicking people and then you tore your ACL and MCL and that kind of ended that. You started having a series of, a series of migraines and, and health issues. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us what happened with, with the medical issue, the big one that you went through. Um, so all of that led up to something called hemolytic anemia, which is an autoimmune disease where your body destroys your red blood cells. Um, and so at the time, I, I did have a, a torn ligament in my knee, and I was living on a third-floor apartment with no elevator. <laughs> so I wasn't in a hurry to go anywhere. But I kept going to the doctor and telling them I didn't feel well, and they kept saying, you have a virus, go home, which is the same thing they told me when I had Lyme disease. And I finally insisted, you know, that it wasn't, that so they did some blood work and the next day the nurse called and I remember I was laying on the couch with an ice pack on my head and she sounded a little frantic when she called and told me I needed to you know go get this uh, this imaging done and they thought I had gallbladder disease and didn't really sound all that serious to me at the time and I thought I don't really feel like moving <laughs> Right after that, a friend from my kickball team called. Um, she was actually a sports medicine major, so she was checking up on me. 
And I told her what they had said, and she said, I'm going to come over and get you, and I'm going to take you to the, the doctor. So she did. And uh, as soon as I got there, they checked me out and immediately called my doctor, and she said, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I said, no, I, I don't really want to go. <laughs> I'm not really in the mood. I just want to go home. Um, so my friend drove me over there because I refused to get in an ambulance. Um, so basically, she called at exactly the right time to, to save my life because I would have just died right there on the couch with an ice pack on my head um, before too much longer. So I was in, uh, so now it's December at, of 2012, and I was in ICU for a couple weeks. I remember because I got out the day before Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, a couple months after that, I went to the doctor for a checkup, and he told me that he had not expected me to survive the first few days. Um, now, at the time, I had no idea. I was, I was working on my MBA, and I was concerned about contacting my professors because I was missing finals. And everyone was going, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And I was like, what do you mean don't worry about it? It's finals. I'm doing a mass, like, this was a, you know, big thing. Again, still focused on that. As if dying was not. Well, right? I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really know dying was an option. You know, <laughs> I just, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really think it was that serious. I don't, you know, yeah. um, I found out afterwards. Um, yeah. you, you went into kind of a tough time after that. You, you didn't go back to shipbuilding? Well, at that point, I was, was working in an office. So I was still working in the shipyard, but I wasn't working with my tools. I had an office job. Um, but it, the, the recovery from that was, was about a year. I mean, I was on medication for about six months, um, which was pretty ravaging in and of itself. It, the medication itself caused a lot of pain. Um, and... Uh, and then when I finally got off it, I finally had the knee surgery to fix my knee. And then I was recovering from that for, you know, the rest of the year. So um, then, the next mess. Um, headed to Atlanta, decided to start a business there. You're going to meet your brother down there. Um, what happened on that trip? So at the end of that year, um, my company was going through a lot of managerial changes. And I had, I want to say, three or four different supervisors you know, in that time period, and then just got progressively worse and worse. And I felt like the company was just going downhill, and I had already survived one layoff, and I knew they had more coming. So I had always wanted to start my own welding business, which after I got my bachelor's at JMU, um, it, the recession hit in 2008, which is when that happened, and so it wasn't quite a good time. So I thought I might have a better chance now. So I got a welding machine, I got a big truck, and I was going to drive down to Atlanta and start my business. And Atlanta had their freak snowstorm in January of 2014. In Atlanta. Right. That's yeah. like they've never had snow yeah. before for 100 <laughs> years or something. Yeah. So they don't own any snow plows, so they haven't treated the roads. So after about 10 hours of driving, I suddenly hit some black ice, and the truck spun out and flipped over. I think we have a picture of that truck, don't we? So there's... Uh, and your welding stuff was in the back, and it was, that's yeah. all gone, and truck's so the gone. So truck was totaled. That's, yeah. The next, um, the next mess was a guy entered your life. That's always a mess. 
But, and I'm, I'm going to kind of fast forward yeah. here because I want to get to, to something. That led to something else in your life that is, was absolutely tur turned everything inside out. I want you guys to take a look at something. Well more, news was, well, more news was breaking across Hampton Roads today. In Newport News, officers drew their weapons, then shot a woman after responding to a 911 call. News Channel 3's Reed Andrews is gathering brand new information. Newport News police surrounding a truck with a woman inside. This video, shot by a News Channel 3 viewer, shows officers walking towards that woman who, according to witnesses, didn't follow the police's instructions. Here, you can see the woman being rushed into an ambulance. Police say the shooting victim is expected to make a recovery, and none of the officers involved in the shooting were hurt. And that was you. That was me. Um, we're not going to get into the details of that a whole lot. I know that, that some of this is still um, going to be talked about and dealt with later on in, in your life, but um, in a nutshell, you were trying to connect with this guy, he wasn't at his house and you're waiting for him, fell asleep in the truck and all of a sudden uh, these people show up, they were police officers, you didn't know it at the time, when you finally caught on, you raised your hands and they shot through the back window of the truck. Mm -hmm. They shot 29 shots, nine of them hit Laura. And how in the world you survived? It was just unbelievable. And um, so after the, the time in the hospital, you recovered. Um, they, they, they put you in jail. Mm -hmm. And just, I'm going to fast forward for a moment, and then I want to come back to this. Um, you were in jail for, for three months. Mm -hmm. And then mysteriously, all the charges were dropped. And one day they open a door, and there you are. You're, you're, you're out. And, and where did this come from? I mean, it's just, it was horrendous. But it was through that that you told me that God began to change everything in your life. Can you share just a little bit of, of those changes and, and what happened to you there? Yeah, so like I said before, I spent my whole life, you know, working really hard towards all these goals, trying to control everything around me and the thought that, you know, success came from inside me and that happiness, you know, came from inside me. And um, so I, I, I was, I was put in jail for three months and that was a big turning point in my life um, for many reasons. But for this purpose, one of the, the big reasons is that you know, having my freedom taken away was freeing to me. To not have to make a decision, to not have any responsibilities, to not have to do anything. I literally could lay on that bed all day and not move. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter whether I did something or whether I didn't do something. Nothing changed. And that realization uh, was huge to me. So I thought, if I'm not in charge of things, if, if I don't make things happen, then who does? You know, and the, the answer was God. And, you know, the answer to me for why I was still alive when 
by my count, I could count four specific events where I should have died and I didn't. So my first thought was that I have a guardian angel um, sent by God. And I thought, well, why? You know, he wants me to do something different with my life. Um, and what, I want to interrupt for just a moment. What I want you to hear in this is, here's a young lady did everything she could to get ahead. Everything that she did seemed to work. And then everything just fell apart. Up until that day, you, the worst thing that you had on your record was a U-turn traffic deal. I mean, it wasn't this... It was almost like God just took his hand off and to take you somewhere. That yeah. be fair? Yeah. I mean, the, the events that led up to that, especially the shooting, are, are pretty insane. Um, just all the things that, that came together to create that event um, kind of out of nowhere. You know, that, that was a big thing. And... Um, Literally, just destroyed my whole life. I mean, I had no job, no career, no financial resources, no, no truck. There's another truck that got totaled like one month later. Um, yeah, I had security nothing. clearance and that went away. Right. Um, I mean, it, it was worse than, than starting over because now there was a whole bunch of obstacles, you know, to getting back on track. So. 2016, you came here. I did. And um, tell us a little bit about, like, you, you really plugged in here. So if, if you miss something, I'm going to fill in the blanks. But t okay. just tell us about, just a few minutes about Destiny and sure. what, what you've done here. Sure. Well, uh, I'd say the last miracle in my chain of miracles was my daughter. Uh, she was born in 2016. And um, I knew that was, that was like the final step. You know, I had acknowledged God. I had acknowledged that he was, you know, in control of things, but I wasn't living for him. I wasn't walking with Jesus. And I thought, now there's somebody looking at me, you know, so I'm setting an example for someone. What example am I going to set? You know, what is she going to see me do that she's, she's going to do? So I, I went church shopping with one of my friends from high school that I reconnected with. And I uh, came here, and uh, I liked it, so we stuck around. Um, so we've been here for almost two years now. Um, and after, uh, even after a year, year and a half, um, I, I hadn't really gotten involved. And so when I showed up, people would ask, oh, are you, know, are you new? And I said, no. <laughs> no, I've been here for a year. That, but, yeah. you know, we just came on Sundays. Yeah. I just came on Sunday. I sat in the seat, and I, you know, went home. Uh, so I... You know, we started doing uh, growth track and doing uh, the kids check-in and joined some life groups. Did, um, did hiking and I'm in a parenting life group right now, you know, about how to be intentional and in setting an example for my daughter. Um, just getting to know some of the amazing people here that have really shown the example for me. I had been around church before, um, just on occasions, but what, what I had seen was people coming to church and, and paying lip service and um, putting on a good show, but I saw them in everyday life not behaving so well. So I didn't really understand what it meant to 
to walk with Christ and to live a Christian life. And I came here and met all these people that I thought, wow, that's, that's what it is. Like they're really, you know, walking the walk. And that's what I want to do. You guys up for one more baptism? I want you to take a look at this video. For me, it, it kind of goes back to sort of the fate versus faith. Um, you know, that I always felt like you had to be self-made, that you know, we were really in control of our lives. Um, and so, you know, I'm still learning, you know, how to, how to do it, but like to trust, to have that faith, um, you know, that God is going to use you uh, to make a difference in the world. To have to look back and put all the pieces together, I can see them clearly now that, you know, everything has gotten me to this point. Um, and it wasn't, you know, random and it wasn't, you know, someone else's fault. Um, and I, I really, I, th I feel like I've forgiven all those people that I used to blame. I was, you know, really upset and really angry. And I thought, you know, these people, like, they're so horrible. And how could they do that, you know, to destroy someone else's life? But my life's not destroyed. Like, I feel more joy right now than I ever have in my entire life. You know, back when I thought that I was doing everything right. Um, working, you know, toward all of these materialistic goals. Um, and I, God just had to try really hard to get my attention because I was really stubborn. So it took some big, big events that you can't deny um, for him to, to show me that he was there, that he was, you know, waiting for me um, to turn my eyes to him. Today, I want to be baptized because... Jesus is my savior, literally. <laughs> I'm still alive today because God said so, because he wants me here. And so I want to dedicate my life, the rest of my life, to him. Wow, Laura, what an amazing testimony. Because of your confession of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah, there's a prophecy that was spoken on behalf of Jesus Christ and who He would be and what He would do. It says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to, number one, bring good news to the poor. He's not talking about poverty, financial poverty. He's talking about poorness in life, poor spirit, poor souls that, that are without hope. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim, number three, the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. 
The message from today is this. Two things. I want you to know Christ, and I want you to experience the life that He has for you now. Both of those are absolutely essential. I want to give you four things that I just want to share quickly. The first thing is this. Stop dying. Stop dying. If you are dying, if you have not taken this first step, if you have not acknowledged the the gift that Jesus gave us on the cross, today is the day to put an end to that simply by believing, by putting your trust in God, you, you, you're saying, hey, I can't do this on my own. I can't make life good enough. I can't make it all work out. I, I, I don't have the power to do that. And, and I want to give my life to Christ. C.S. Lewis said this, and I think it's so powerful. He said, Easter is death working backwards. And if you've ever been in a situation in life where you, you, you just wish you could have a do-over, you've, then you've, you've dreamed what I dream, used to dream. If I could just turn the hands of time back, if I could just go back and do it all over again, I would have done it so much differently. And we can't do that. But Easter is death working backwards. So God takes us back. And He builds something that we didn't plan. Something that we didn't expect. So this is how you stop dying. John eleven twenty five. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in Me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in Me and believes in Me will never die. So the first step is to invite Christ into your heart. Here's the second thing I want to have you do. Start Rebuilding. You stop dying. Start rebuilding. It, it's really interesting with, with Laura, and she was just doing this kind of undercover here. She, you know, she she went to growth track. She she got on a dream team. She's been in life groups, and and God has just been putting pieces back together. I tell people all the time, give us a year of your life and see what God will do. You, you know, you've done a lot on your own. Let's see what God could do. Just give us one year. Of, of investing in this church and in, in just just getting involved in the things that that we believe that God has shown us that can help you and help you to grow and become the person that He wants you to be. You know, a lot of people think, "Man, I can't." You know, I've got such mess in my life. I gotta I gotta clean my act up before I really jump into this. And I'm telling you, you will never get there. And my my dear mom is here today, but but there's something that she did that irritated me when I was a kid. We we. She, she, was, uh, she and my dad both worked, and, and mom kind of carried a lot of the financial weight in our home because my dad was a pastor, and they didn't pay him very much. And, and so they would hire somebody to come and clean our house. And I always hated it because every morning, on those mornings, she'd wake my sister and I up early and say, hurry up, we got to clean up the place, the cleaning people are coming. And it's like, what? You know, what do you think we're paying them to do? And, it, 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 you know, it was just mom. And oh, I love you, mom. <laughs> but but, but you, you never, you don't clean up your act for God. You come just like you are. Just give us a year to see what God would rebuild. I love what Laura said. I'm not, I'm not there yet. But she sure is making some great moves. Stop doubting. Stop doubting. Number three, stop doubting what God could do with you. You have no idea what He wants to do in and through you. No idea. You've got your plans. You've got, here's what I should do. Here's, here's how I'm going to make this work. 
And, and, and God has something totally different, greater, bigger than anything you've ever imagined. Stop doubting. And finally, number four, start living. Start living. In other words, God is not going to take all of your great stuff, all of the good things you've ever done, and, and try to work with that. Actually, He takes many of the greatest messes in your life. The junk, the, the failure, uh, the drop balls, the, everything. that He uses those things to build a life. My, uh, I'm going to pick on my parents today. I didn't, you know, I, I, when I was putting this together, I didn't realize they'd be here. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying, they know is true. Um, my, my dad uh, is so talented, and our church was growing, and we needed a new church building, and so he got some men in the church, and they literally built the building themselves, and they had, um, they had these uh, laminated beams up, and they built concrete block up the side, but they didn't have any money for brick to put on the church. I mean, bricks were expensive, and and but my dad wasn't going to sit there and just you know build this building and have it be concrete blocks. So he found out that the city where we lived, which was Winchester, um, they were building some some roads and they were tearing down these old houses. And he just went to the the, the people that were doing the deconstruction and said, "Hey, can we have your bricks?" And they said, sure. You know, so they just scooped them up, threw them in dump trucks, and just hauled them to this lot where this building was and dumped them in piles. And this is where things went downhill. Um, my father gave my sister and I hatchets and said, we'd like you to take these bricks and just knock off all the mortar and stack them up. It was a big building. There were a lot of bricks. And really, Dad... Um, that would be illegal today. That would be like <laughs> child abuse. Um, just saying. Um, <laughs> but you should see the building. They, they took all of these bricks and put them up. They cleaned them with muriatic acid. They, they, they put a sealant on it and it is so beautiful. You couldn't have purchased bricks to look this beautiful. I've often thought about that, not, not because of the child abuse, but I've often thought about that's what He does with our lives. He, he doesn't build it out of all of our goodness, all of our strength, all of our ability, all of our doing everything right. He, he builds this house out of the failure and the messes and and. and the heartaches. And he puts together something that you and I could never put together. Laura is going to be somebody incredible. Not out of how much she could do or how many degrees she had or how, how excellent she pursued life. But she's going to have life that's been built out of heartache and difficult times. And that is a true building. That's what Easter is all about. Easter, it, it, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And if you're here today, 
and you feel dead, you might need to take the plunge. You might need to understand what Sunday is all about. So here's what I, here's what I want to do. I'd like for you to take, I'd like everybody in the building to, to take one of these DC Connect cards out for just a moment, please. And at the bottom, you see something that, we do this every Easter, we call it a spiritual survey, and I would just like for everybody to fill this out. For those of you who are here today, and you say, yes, I want to take this next step. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to, I want to say yes to this great gift of Jesus that's been given to me, I'd like you to check the box A. I'm accepting Jesus Christ into my life today. Whether it's the first time or whether you're coming back to Christ, just check the box A right there. If you're already a believer and you're on the journey, you're, you're, you're like, Laura, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. Check box B. I'm already a believer. You may be not ready to do this yet. You, you might be the letter C. I'm considering giving my life to Christ, but I haven't yet decided. And it's okay. It's a journey. You know, I, we're, we're going to pray for you and pray that you get it, that your eyes are open and your heart is open to this gift that God has for you. And then the fourth thing, and I, we don't do this lightly. I don't do this lightly. It, it's, it's for you to check if you don't intend to ever give your life to Christ. And what I'll do with that is I'll just pray. And, and, and I'm going to trust God with that. But we just, I'd just like you to fill this out, and we're going to receive our offering in a moment. And uh, just drop these in, uh, the offering. I'd like to pray, and then we're going to stand and sing a song and end our Easter service today. But I'd like to pray for you and uh, just pray a blessing on, on you. Lord, first of all, thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this picture of redemption that you showed to us through Laura's life. I thank you for what Easter stands for. I thank you for what Good Friday stands for. And Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, thank you for the fact that we can have life today. Joy today. Peace today. Uh, God-filled goals today. That we don't have to do this on our own. And Lord, I pray that for the person here today who needs to take the next step that this would be the Easter to remember the one that changed their life forever Lord now I bless this group of people in the name of Jesus I pray Father that you'd be with them that you'd strengthen them encourage them build them protect them Lord for those who were baptized today and have taken this next great step of following you. I just pray incredible blessings on their life. We love you so much. I pray all this in Christ's name.